Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Today, I want to talk about agriculture, food, and related industries because they contributed over a trillion dollars to the U.S. GDP just this last year. My next guest is an innovator in the ag field using resources that are generating results that wouldn't be possible to do with traditional solutions. In fact, we find out this guy's an attorney. He has nothing to do with the ag business, but he stepped into the food business, which led him to the ag business, and he is he and his company, they're changing the world, and they're changing the way that we look at how we grow crops and how we deal with not only these viruses that we deal with on the human side, but certainly on the plant side. Andy Lefkowitz is the chairman and CEO of Locust Fermentation Solutions, and he's here to talk about the technology that they use that are environmentally friendly, improves profits in multiple industries, and get this, reduces the carbon footprints. In fact, I talk about my brother-in-law. I'm going to call him right after the show to get, you know, get our carbon uh, uh, carbon checks that we are able to maybe get because of using this product. So I learned something every day. Well, Andy, welcome to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio. Good to be here. You know, we talk about we talk about carbon footprints. It isn't aren't cattle like the biggest uh, producers of methane gas uh, in the country? It's unbelievable. We've been in the uh, agriculture business for a few years and we just, and you know, it's, it's pulling teeth a little bit. You know, you can show people agronomic benefits. We can increase your corn and reduce your carbon footprint. And, you know, we have a lot of really interesting technology that does some great things. And I had a non-compete from a company I sold a few years ago that ended in September. And uh, our scientists, uh, develop some options to test at UC Davis, which is the, the Harvard of uh, cattle research. Yeah. And you would have thought that we were, I don't know what, saving the planet. People were so excited about the fact that we could reduce bovine emissions by 78%. I mean, we phone calls that never got returned were returned unbelievably quickly. It's exciting. I love this. I, lo- I love the fact that here we are on an all business show, one of the biggest business podcast shows in the in the world. We're talking about uh, cow farts. I mean, it's just amazing. This is what we this is what we've been reduced to. Yeah, it's it's a big business. <laughs> it, 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 cattle it in, uh, in the United States. So when you you know we speak about ag, and of course, I actually own a farm. We've got uh, farming in our family. My my relatives came to this country were farmers, and right. as are were most people who came to this country. Uh, at least at least hundreds of years ago or a couple hundred years ago and those not native born and when i say native born i I do mean the natives the first americans but it's interesting to watch right now there seems to be a return to just home farming quite frankly i'm seeing a lot of people who are planting gardens who've never planted gardens who are raising chickens all because of the you know the virus i think you know they say the Chinese word for crisis and opportunity is the same word. And I think people are reaching out and, and doing different things, being more creative yeah. uh, and doing things that are exciting or maybe that they were, they've always wanted to do. 
So, yeah, so I've always wanted to do it. I just haven't had the time. I'm busier than I've ever been. I, one of these days, I'll I'll get some chickens and I'll do that. But I, you know, until then, my brother's got some chickens, so I can go get those. Hey, I want to talk about the global challenges that you're looking to solve with your technology. Okay. Um, what are you doing that no one else is doing? What are you focused on in this area? So essentially, we're a fermentation company. Um, so uh, and we have very unique. Uh, technology that allows us to be up and running anywhere in the world in, in six months. And we can do that with about 5% of the CapEx, the capital expenditures as anyone else. But more importantly, we can produce uh, organisms at up to 100 times the concentration as someone else. So for instance, in farming, uh, we have a combination of probiotics that we use that we can administer at three ounces per acre, which is un, uh, an unheard ofly small amount of dosing. And, and we're getting results that no one's ever seen before. And it, it's not scalable in any other you know, technology because they need 10 gallons per acre. So, so, so but uh, what does that mean? Because most people are listening, don't know what the hell you're talking about. Okay, um, so let's, let's break it down. When you say you're putting microorganisms back into the ground, what are we talking about? Okay, are these so worms? Are these microbes? What? So what? We're putting in probiotics. Okay. Right. And um, the idea is to grow roots and allow the roots to increase the amount of vitamins and minerals that they absorb and allow them to produce what they're going to produce, whether it's corn or tomatoes. And we started with uh, very high value crops like uh, almonds and grapes and uh, strawberries. And uh, we had a, a really good uh, result in citrus. In, in Florida, 70% of the citrus crop is dead. And the other 30% is dying. Um, and the farmers down there are in real pain. And we introduced well, And why, why, why is that? Why, why is that they're, they're dying? So there's a, a disease called citrus greening disease that's in the process of wiping out citrus on a worldwide basis. It's struck. Wow. It's in California. It's in, it's causing a national emergencies in Italy and Spain. Um, and we were the first product that was able to not cure the disease, but like an immune, immunotherapy drug in, in, in oncology, improve the immune system of the tree and allow it to grow and produce more fruit. And so that has been a, a, a really a, a big advantage. And, you know, we started with Six of the top ten growers now are ten, all ten of them, and we're treating a hundred thousand acres. and And along the way, our scientists found that um, the trees were bigger, the roots were bigger, the you know there was more canopy. And they went to Texas A and M University, and they came out and looked at it and saw that we were sequestering over four tons per acre of additional carbon and reducing nitrous oxide emissions by 87%. And these are huge changes in the negative uh, aspects of farming on, on the environment. Uh, that Farming causes a lot of greenhouse gases, just like uh, livestock. And along the way, our scientists uh, were able to optimize our technology so that we could go into corn and corns mm -hmm. and, and other row crops. You know, the million acres of almonds in California, there's 90 million acres of corn and close to that of wheat and soybeans. And so now we're working um, in the Midwest on those row crops. And we have an organization called Nori that's uh, paying 
the farmers through you know large corporations to generate carbon credits. So in the in the world today, it's it's great if you have a green product and it does great things for the environment, but it's got to produce an economic return for the user. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to be you have to it has to be a value that you want to do as opposed right. to getting paid to do. And if you get paid to do it, 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 the adoption rate of that is much greater. Right. So if you can uh, increase your, your yield by 5% and decrease fertilizer usage by 10% and get paid for the, the carbon credits, then you've got something that you're adding you know, over $100 per acre to a corn farmer who's lost money on every acre of corn they've farmed in the last two years and yeah. will continue to lose. So how do they get paid for carbon credits? How does that work? Um, you know, they're, they're generated by the farmers, you know, by the, uh, the uh, using our technology. They use our probiotics to. So they get an offset? Do they get an offset or do they get paid per acre? Paid per acre. And, and, what, and what's that economic look like? Because, hey, I, I've got to call my brother-in-law right now because, you know, we're, we're farming corn and beans. We we to see about doing that. Well, it's. Um, Somewhere between 107 to 160 dollars an acre per year. It's a big wow. deal. It's a big wow. Deal. Yeah, that's that's good money. I mean, yeah. that's that's as much as I'm getting for the rent of the land. Right. Know? I mean, that that's massive. Did you did you ever think that technology would play such a big part in ag? You know, I'm a I'm a securities attorney by training. <laughs> and I started a probiotic company with a, a scientist about 20 years ago, and we went into human and uh, companion animal and livestock uh, businesses and uh, sold those businesses. And uh, we started this company, Locus, which is designed to replace chemicals in a broad spectrum of industries. So anywhere you can use chemicals, you can use biologics. And so we've now filed over 600 patents in mining and agriculture and oil and livestock and food and beverage. And so I'm very excited about what we're doing in, in ag for personal reasons, but I don't have any, you know, background to say that I've been, you know, like you or your family, you've been farming for generations and, you know, every farmer knows more organisms in the ground is a good thing. I don't come to the business with that kind of background. Mm. Uh, listen, I, speaking of background, I need to take a, a, a break and listen to the background of these companies. We'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. All right, we're back. We're live, uh, live casting right here on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring all business with Jeffrey Hazel on C-Suite Radio uh, to Facebook and LinkedIn every single day as we've been doing. Normally, we're a weekly podcast, but we've gone daily because of COVID. And it's actually, you know, I was worried about it at the beginning. And uh, there'd be just too much, too much of Jeff, too much of, uh, of all business. And you know what? That's been the opposite. Everybody's saying, bring more, bring more, bring more. We've been doing some great shows, got some great guests. And today I've got Andy uh, Lefkowitz, who's the chairman and CEO of Locust Fermentation Solutions uh, out of uh, Ohio. We're talking about putting uh, microbes back in, you know, a little probiotics back into the soil, which is always a good thing to get natural things in. And I got to, you, you mentioned about the canopy coverage 
that that canopy coverage has got to be just good overall for the environment as well. I mean, just everything, you know, whenever you got more coverage, it starts to be more lush. It starts to be better. And, if, and we were talking about the citrus, uh, you know, down there, they got some really poor soil compared to what right. we have here in the Midwest. Right. Um, yeah, it's a sandy soil and uh, the, and a canopy just is, it's really there to protect the fruit. You know, that's, yeah. uh, you know, that's the way God made it. Uh, so the more canopy, the better. And it's, you know, these, these diseases that are uh, killing off the citrus crop, they killed off the worldwide banana crop 50 years ago. And the current banana crops probably about 30% dead worldwide. The olive crop in Spain and in Italy is disappearing. And these are uh, cultural icons. I mean, they, these yeah. trees go back to, to the Romans. And so, um, you know, we think we have through non-GMO microorganisms uh, uh, ways to uh, address these issues that chemicals can't. You know, we're under attack right now with a virus, and you're saying that these other viruses are occurring, and you know, mm -hmm. to the crop side of it. I mean, we're under constant attack all the time, aren't we? We are, and we're very fortunate at our company that we've got one of the leading experts in the world uh, in virology, in viruses. And I don't mean like I'm a good businessman and he's a good scientist. I mean, it's like I'm a good businessman and he's world-class. Um, he ran the Soviet Union's biowarfare department. He had 10,000 scientists working for him, uh, making anthrax and uh, other bad organisms. Stuff. It's good he's stuff. doing good stuff now. Yeah, and he became the highest ranking person ever to defect from the Soviet Union. We had the FBI in here a couple of weeks ago to talk to him about his opinions uh, on how to deal with the virus. Um, he's got a, a New York Times bestseller that's been out of print for many years, but I checked it yesterday and it was on sale on Amazon for $499. Oh, so wow. There's a shortage of his, of, of being able to get his opinion on, you know, how to, uh, how to think about this uh, epidemic. Wow. Well, and speaking of this epidemic and this pandemic that we're in and the industry's facing, you know, 11% of our entire U.S. employment is coming from ag and ag-related industries. Mm -hmm. how, how, how are you seeing it? And what are you hearing from the farmers? What are you hearing from the growers about uh, how this uh, pandemic is affecting them? You know, I, I think it's, now we work. We have two active operating companies. One's in oil, and one's in ag. And I think that at the beginning they were just stunned. They just, you know, they were having a hard time making a decisions on how to move forward. And mm -hmm. when now they're realizing that there's a new normal, and they have to be able to um, make more money on the crops they're growing or change crops uh, in the oil industry, they can't drill more wells. They've got to figure out how to get more oil out of the wells they have. So I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the American ingenuity and, the, and they're going to figure it out. But I think those two industries are going to have very difficult times uh, adapting, and, but I believe they will adapt. And we will adapt. I mean, the changes that we're all making right now, uh, you know, yeah. I've been telling everybody right now, months or years, you know, we would have gotten to most of our digital solutions. Most of the businesses that are pivoting right now would have gotten to right. those in the next couple of years, but you just now got to do them in months. Right. You know, when you, when you look at the landscape, uh, everything has chemicals in it right now. I mean, you could talk right. about what's affected our water supply. The fact that there's, you know, you can find 
uh, Roundup in the water, uh, no matter where you test it or whatever. So how are you, what, how are you working to break that dependency? Is this affected? I mean, that's the essence of our business. Um, in, in, in oil, we're replacing, you know, cancer causing chemicals that they put down oil wells to try to, you know, clean out pipes and we're doing it. Uh, you know, there's been a law in the books for 20 years that said if there was a biological solution to getting more oil out of the ground, the state would give you a, uh, in Texas, in the Permian, a 50% tax break on all the oil you took out of the ground. No one's ever been able to get that. And we just got it. And so that means all of our clients are going to get a 10-year, 50% tax break on all the oil they get out of the ground. So I think, you know, that's one area. We've got another area where we just think about the regulatory aspects of chemicals. There's chemicals that are now being banned, like 1,4-dioxylene, which was banned in New York. And it's used in, uh, ubiquitously in personal care products. And we have a replacement for that. There's, there's a lot of pressure to reduce palm oil derivatives. And we've, we're working on a replacement for that. So in mining, we've got biomining uh, applications that we can you know, reduce the use of nitro, uh, uh, you know, caustic chemicals in mining. So uh, the whole mission of our company is replacing chemicals with biological uh, organisms that are all non-GMO. They're mostly their food grade. Which is really good. So let's take another break and we'll come right back. C-Suite Radio. All right, and we are back. Thanks so much for our advertisers. We love them because that's what makes the world go round. I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with making money. And you know what? I like to make as much as I possibly can. Why? Because I can. That's why. And you should too. In fact, right now, you should be working very hard to drive and thrive. Okay, don't be sitting back right now. This is a time where you should be watching Netflix and doing all this stuff at home. I don't care. Get to work. Get back to work. Get America back to work as much as possible and drive and thrive because we are open for business. And we're right here live uh, doing a live cast on LinkedIn and Facebook. And this is All Business with Jeffrey Hislett on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. Uh, Andy, sustainability is big with you. What initiatives do you think have the biggest impact on our daily lives? I mean, ones that, that we're involved in? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um. From a personal perspective, I would think it's the food supply. Um, I think if you can get chemicals, if you could use biologicals as pesticides um, instead of uh, chemicals, I think that's a that's a big change. If you can grow crops with biologics and and use less fertilizer, I think that's a big change. We don't really feel, you know, that there's less you know, or more carbon in the air or less or more nitrous oxide in the air. But the food we eat is a, is a big uh, effect on us and, and, and our short-term and long-term health. Yep. You can get uh, biological preservatives in our food instead of chemical preservatives, which kill our gut flora and reduce our, uh, you know, immunity and our ability to fight off disease. I think, you know, changing the food supply is a, is a big issue. You know, and I think we're at a point right now with this whole pandemic, it's made us slow down. It's made us rethink our priorities. And I think that you're going to see kind of an entire movement back towards this like we've never seen before. Like, you know, for years, we've been squeezing every drop of oil 
every drop of profit, every bit of things that we could do. That's been the thing. Squeeze, 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 shove it, shove it, shove it. And I think we're going to say, nope, no, let's do it right. Let's do it the way it should be done. Let's do it natural. Let's do it this way. Let's take care of our people. Let's not try to squeeze them so hard that, you know, we make them break, so to speak. And let's do things with a, a better life. Do you see that coming? Well, like you, I've just met you for a few minutes here. I'm an optimist, right? Yeah. And so I believe that the long-term effect of what we're going through is going to be exactly what you said. Yeah. But we're going to have to go through a lot of pain to get there. And, um, you know, just for instance, you know, the, the ingredients in a lot of our medicines are, are made in China and India. Yeah. And we yeah. want those, those ingredients to be made here. And yeah. to do that, we're going to have to build plants and we're going to have to spend more money and they're going to be more expensive. Um, but I think we'd like to uh, have a made in the USA label on a lot of the things that we find important in our daily lives. And I think I think we're going to do that. Well, and I think also we don't need a dependency on other countries. I think we with the pendulum swung too far. Now it mm. needs to swing back and you need to look at that supply chain. I've had some I had Alan Davis from our C-suite uh, network uh, manufacturing uh, council on talking just about that. You know, Andy, I look at your background and we got a couple minutes left here, but you have a background in investment raising capital. How the hell did you get in the ag industry? Um, well, I. Again, I, I, I had a probiotic business and I built it and I sold part of it to Texas Pacific Group, a big private equity firm. Oh, they're a huge group. Yeah, big and, and a good company too. I have a lot of, lot of good friends that work there and worked Great with the company. company. And then I pivoted into food and beverage and we became the probiotic supplier uh, in the United States, maybe worldwide to Coke, Pepsi, General Mills, Kellogg's. You know, if, if you've had a probiotic outside of, uh, uh, yogurt, most likely we produced it. And, um, so I was really in the food industry for the last 15 years working, mm. uh, manufacturers. And so it, it just kind of brought me close to, to, to that industry, you know, up and down and how, how they look at, um, brands and, and bringing brands to market. And I sold that business a few years ago as well. So. That's, that's unbelievable. So how could, um, how can people know more about the company? Um, well, Locust Fermentation Solutions. You know, you can you can Google us. We Don't got Google the, it. <laughs> locust uh, locustfs.com. F is in Frank. S is in Sam. Um, locust Bioenergy is our our uh, is our uh, energy company, and, and Locust Agriculture Solutions. Um, so those are our two operating companies. Now we've got a couple more that we're spinning out. As, as we speak. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for being a part of All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett today. And uh, I'm calling my brother-in-law right after the show and tell him, <laughs> hey, where's our carbon footprint uh, credits? Let's go after that. I got to get on that one because we can get as much there as we are getting for beans, you know? <laughs> we'd, we'd love to have you. At the end of the show, I like to talk about what I learned. And I got another guest coming up. We're going to be talking about rising above the noise, which we need to do in today's world with everybody online, everybody competing, competing, competing. And then how do you turn yourself into a media company? Write a book, you know, write, get a podcast. We'll be doing that right after this. But today's show with Andy Lefkowitz from Fermentation Solutions, the Locust Fermentation Solutions Company. I tell you what I learned. Break it down, baby. That's what I learned. Break it down. 
probiotics, right? Probiotics is good for your body. Why won't it be good for the soil? Good for ag. So we need to get more natural. I love it that we're going back to the basics and going back to what is all natural. I think that's a good thing for us as much as possible. Let's get out of these chemicals. Let's get out of uh, polluting. Let's uh, reduce the emissions as much as possible. And let's just start taking care of, um, you know, us. I think that's a good thing to do. And the more we do that, the more we take care of each other, it's going to be a lot better place. That's what I learned right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. All right, let's introduce our next guest. In a world where everyone wants to be relevant, how do we rise above the noise and genuinely stand out? Now, my next guest will help us clear the clutter and gain an advantage over the competition. She does this for a living. She was named one of the top women in, of influence in Silicon Valley and has been inducted into the Million Dollar Consultant Hall of Fame. I'm telling you, she knows what she's talking about. I'm talking about Linda Popke. She's one of our C-Suite Network Advisors. She is the president of Leverage to Market Associates, and she joins me today on All Business with Jeffrey Hazen. Hey, welcome, Linda. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to see you. Great to be here. Well, it's good to have you, and thank you for being part of our C-Suite Network. You've been a valued member for a long time, and we just love you. And every time I get together with you, and, and then you lead some groups. I even get to go to some of those groups. We've always had a lot of fun and, and, and get a lot of work done. Absolutely. So think about this. Right now, everybody's on Zoom. Everybody's doing virtual meetings. Everyone's talking about Zoom fatigue. I never get tired or, or <laughs> fatigued when I'm doing business, okay? Never. But how does one stand and rise above the noise when there's so much of it? Well, How does someone that, do that? That's a great question. And, and you know, it, it's been a problem to, to get above the noise just in general because yeah. of all the, uh, all the media that we have. We have social media and we have ways to reach us in various different ways. And now it's even worse because we can't do things in person. And therefore, we're compensating by being on video and everybody's kind of uh, stressed and trying to get out there. So the way to do that is to find a way to be present when you're not present, as opposed to being on Zoom 24 hours a day, which most of us can't do, how do you get your work out there? How do you get your thoughts out there so people can see them, hear them, understand what it is and see what it is that you have to say to add to the conversation rather than just kind of uh, being there and trying to, to madly kind of uh, scream and yell and, and try and be heard. So I like to tell people that you need to do something differently. You can scream, you can yell into the noise, you can be quiet, which does nothing, or you can find a way to zig where people zag. And this is a good time to do something different and uh, and find a way to be heard. Well, you know, a lot of people sit back for a while and I said, we're not doing that. You know, we're going to run into the fire. You know, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I can't help like that. Can't, can't sew a mask. So I said, look, but I'm a business first responder. So what I can do is get get more visible, get get out there more, and then find great people like yourself and like Andy Lefowitz, who just was on our program doing some weird, some wonderful and kind of weird things with probiotics and how they're doing it. It's just like, it's fascinating. Wow. And, and uh, I say weird because it's just different than what I would have thought, right? Because usually you spray something. Yeah, that, that's the wrong way. Let's do it natural. So how do you discern between the noise and actual information? So here's a couple of things. Number one, I, I think you're right to not wait because we're in this highly ambiguous time, which, uh, you know, even without the pandemic, we've got a lot of different international situations. We have a big election coming up. We've got yeah. we have Brexit over in, in, uh, in the UK and Europe. We have a lot of different things. And now we throw this global pandemic into it. If you sit and wait for everything to settle down, the world will pass you by. So yeah. you have got to find a way to get a position 
and find how you can help your customers, your prospects, your clients do things in spite of all of this. So even though it's a horrible, horrible time, people are dying, people are sick, the economy is terrible. There are opportunities, as you said, to be business first responders and to help. And so what we need to do is to find the place where we can get our our own intellectual property, our own thoughts, our own services out there, <clears throat> excuse me, and be able to, um, to to help and help people to figure out what what it is we do in this new world. Because yeah. the new normal is not going to be the old normal. I don't think we're right. ever, ever going to back, go back to the way we were in 2019 and before. Does that mean we're going to stay the way we are now? Hopefully not. But in the meantime, um, we need to think about what's different and how can we improve upon the condition of everybody we work with? How can we help them and their businesses, whether it's a first responder who's helping save lives or someone like us who's helping save your business and help you be more effective? Well, you and you, you know, you said this, and I think this is a, a key moment. Listen to what Linda had to say. Don't sit, don't sit, don't wait, make it happen. What is our new normal? But beyond our new normal, make it better. Make whatever the normal is better. That's the key. In fact, our last guest said the Chinese word for crisis and opportunity are the same. Mm. So it's unbelievable. To, to I, I thought that was really great. That was a very insightful thing. And yesterday I had, I had Daniel Burris, the futurist on, and he said right now, Listen to listen. If you didn't listen yesterday, but listen today, today, right now is a defining moment, defining moment, because we are actually changing our business in very bizarre and different ways uh, than what we've been used to. But they will become our normal. We were going to. And by the way, we'll be sitting here months from now going, why didn't I do that years ago? Okay, so think about that. You, you've said, Linda, and I've heard you say this before, that marketing today is often out of control. Okay, yep. which sometimes I feel like we're out of control. <laughs> so, are there ways to control it? Well, I mean, I think if you try to control things, you get stuck in the wrong kind of metaphor there, the wrong paradigm. You can't control some things. Things are going to happen around you. Like we can't control a pandemic. We can't control what's going on with the economy. What you can control is your reaction to it and how you kind of step into this big void, all of this noise. And are you heard with something that's positive, with something that's helpful, with something that's sometimes very different than what everybody else is saying? Or are you just sitting there going, yep, me too. I agree. Everything's bad. Yep. Okay, fine. We'll see you next week. So what can you do that's different? How can you bring, and we all have expertise that no one else has. So how do we take that expertise and really just um, figure out in today's world today, which is May 12th, 2020, what is it we're going to do? What is it we're going to do on May 13th and May 15th? So the world is evolving and there are various things that are going to need to happen, but we can be there and we can be helpful. And I think the idea of the first responder from a business perspective is absolutely critical because that says we're running into the fire. We're helping people. We're bringing people out of this economic and business kind of um, catastrophe that's helping, that's hurting people. We're not saving lives the way a a doctor and nurses, but we're helping to get you back on your feet. And that's absolutely critical. Yeah. You know, and and don't be feeling sorry for yourself. I was on a call last night with the group and I spoke for about three hours and they started all off with all the doom and gloom and I'm going like, shut up. Okay. I get it, but I can't control that. I'm going to control the things I can control, which is exactly what you said. And that's what Linda or Tina Greenbaum said last week, uh, one of our great uh, C-suite advisors as well. What opportunities are you seeing? In fact, before we do that, I want to take a quick break and talk about this opportunity, and then we'll be right back after this message. C-Suite Radio. 
Hey, we're back and we're live casting on LinkedIn and Facebook as we bring you All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio. I'm so excited that we are bringing you these wonderful guests every single day and you get to be joining us live, listening in and watching as we tape our episode right here on Facebook and LinkedIn. This is a new experiment for us. Although I say new, we've been doing it for about six weeks now and it's just been absolutely wonderful. We're creating more episodes than we've ever created in our, in our history of the show. And I just think these are some of our some of our very best. So thanks for listening in and thanks for telling other people about All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett right here on C-Suite Radio. Now, before the break, and of course, we're talking with Linda Popke. Now, Linda is an unbelievable expert. She's president of Leverage to Market Associates out in the Bay Area, and she is one of our C-Suite Network uh, advisors, and we're so happy to have her. She's been participating with us since the very beginning. And right before the break, I was just about to ask the question, what opportunities are you seeing as a result of this pandemic? What are you seeing out there? What am I seeing? I'm seeing an opportunity for people to um, come up with new ways of doing things, for, um, for people to step in and say, how can I help? Um, yep. What can I do in terms of um, how can I create a new process? How can I offer something? From the perspective of the business provider, this is your chance to get out there and tell your story and tell it in today's framework. So um, if you've had thoughts that you've had in your head that you just have never gotten out, whether in paper or online and a post, whatever, this is the time to do that. This is the time to crystallize your thinking and to get everything that you can put together and use this time effectively. I mean, again, you're on Zoom certain hours of the day, but what are you doing the rest of the time? You're not sitting in traffic. You're not going to... Um, Meetings. It's all the time you save. Look at all the time yeah. we're saving right now, and that the the skies are clearing up and everything else. I'm not, you know, I only live a block away from my office in New York, and then in South Dakota, I live like nine, ten, maybe fifteen miles away. It takes me a little longer, but you know, it's an easy road. There's no traffic. I mean, unbelievable in South Dakota. We think like three cars traffic jam. Are you kidding me? So this has been great, but I'm saving all that time and I'm enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying working from home and having a, you know, and being back, which I think is good. How are you currently, you know, you do so much work. I mean, you help people write books. You, you, you help people get unstuck all the time. So how are you currently leveraging your marketing? What kind of responses are you getting from clients right now? So interesting enough, I am busier than I have been in years. Yeah. Uh, and it's busier with people paying me, not doing pro bono work or not trying to, to find some place to market somewhere. But people are coming to me saying, I need to do this. I need to get this book out. I need to launch um, content. Uh, I need to, to launch a company. I need to, to write articles, whatever it is. But what I am finding is just getting out there and telling people, this is what you need to do now. And you need to be, again, be seen and be visible and use the time wisely. So what I am doing is getting out in front of the people I know and saying, who do you know that needs this? And who do you know that what's happening? Um, and I am finding people that are have thought either, oh, gee, I've wanted to write a book for a while, or I started a book, but I didn't, I've never kind of got it finished. This is a great time to do that. This is a great time to launch a podcast. I mean, you know about launching yeah. podcasts. That's what you do. This is a great time to, um, to launch a newsletter. I talked to somebody yesterday who's, he got hundreds of people on a mailing list and hasn't sent them a newsletter. This is a great time to get that content out there. And here's the thing that's really interesting. In spite of all the, the fact of all of us out there, the online channels are hungry for content. 
they are looking for content more than I've ever seen before. So that means it's it's not necessarily TV. It's not necessarily, you know, the old media in terms of newspapers, magazines, et cetera, but all of the blogs, the podcasts, the um the websites are looking for content and content that's relevant. So if you can get out there and you can start putting your ideas in, in a, a nice format, and if you're not a writer, that's okay. Hire someone that is, get some help. Not oh, all yeah. of us are great writers and that's okay. Get well, and none of us are, you can't even read your own writing like me. <laughs> so I, you know, I had to go out and get myself a great ghostwriter. And when I say ghostwriter, who be, actually became a personification of me, I mean, he really does a great job. Jim Eber, he's worked with me for my last four books. And actually, I had somebody before that who was working with me on the book and just didn't jive. And so it didn't work well. So I had to fire him. Even though I paid him, you know, I just said, this isn't working. It's not good. And then I found Jim Eber. Who, the only thing he'd ever written, he'd never written any business books before that was a chocolate cookbook before oh, he met me. You know, <laughs> I guess I'm just nothing but eye candy. Ha ha. Here we go. And anyway, as a result, we, you know, of course, we wrote uh, now four bestsellers. You said this. Today is a great time to write a book, right? Absolutely. I mean, because everybody is looking for content. You need to become a, mach a machine for content right now, folks. Let me tell you, you need to be you need to be creating your own platform. Your me you need to become a media company. That's what you need to become. So, hey, I want you to put your editor hat on. What elements do you look for in a book or from someone writing a book? So what elements do I look for? First of all, there's got to be a compelling promise, a compelling value proposition. Why should I read this? Because there yeah. is a lot of content out there and I don't have time to read through something that I have to slog through that. I don't know what the point is. There's a lot of extra just, you know, kind of what I call empty calories in there that I don't really want to get anything out of. So I look for compelling uh, value propositions, something that's that makes sense to the readers. And you have to target an audience. None of us are targeting the entire world. So who is your reader? What is it they're looking for? What can you offer to them? Uh, and so I look for those types of things. And then I look for people that have kind of an interesting perspective on that. So there are people who are um, they're saying, again, the same thing again and again and again. How many books have been written about leadership? A million books on leadership. Right. So we don't need the nth book on that. But if you can talk about a different angle to leadership, how you do, you know, how you come out of this doing something different, how leadership qualities emerge from a pandemic, you know, different various things like that. Then, you, you know, you get a different angle on it and it becomes interesting. So if I don't find it interesting in the 10 minutes that you tell me about what your book is, your readers aren't going to find it interesting. And that needs to be more than 10 minutes. It needs to be in that title. It needs to be right there. Absolutely. It's got to grab you. You got to have that hook, folks. Hey, speaking of a hook, I need to go listen to this message. I'll be right back. C-Suite Radio. And we are back right here on All Business Live with Jeffrey Hazel right here on C-Suite Radio as we're doing a live cast on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, telling your friends all about the show. We're talking with Linda Popkin. Linda is an unbelievable expert and advisor to uh, so many different companies. She's in the Million Dollar Consultant Hall of Fame, as was awesome. And she is president of Leverage to Market Associates. We're, of course, talking about Linda Popke. Linda Popke is live with us right now. And we're talking about writing books. What actionable tips do you have for people who want to write a book but don't know where to start? A lot of people really can't get started. What, what tips do you have? 
Okay, so the first thing I think is to start just writing down, get down your ideas. When I say writing, it doesn't have to be with a pencil. It could be on, you know, with on a computer. It could be actually be recording to an audio. But start thinking about your ideas and don't feel like you have to start from the beginning and get to the end. Say, here's what I want to say. And then there's this and then there's that. Capture all of that. Uh, start to think about what it is that, that you provide that no one else does. So, you know, Jeff, you're really good at this because you look at something and you say, I, I see something where no, nothing existed before. Let me create C-suite radio. Let me create C-suite yeah. TV. Let me do this. But you don't have to be Jeff. <laughs> we can be humans. We can be ordinary people <laughs> who haven't written all these books. And we all have great stories to tell. So start capturing the information captured in a file um, with, again, whether it's audio, whether it's handwritten, whether it's typed into a computer on a laptop or, or you know, a, a pad or whatever tablet, just capture all these darn ideas and start to think about uh, what your um, what your value proposition, what your ideas are and where you want it, what yeah. you want to say. Then start to think a little bit more about if you had to um, to structure this and you had 10 chapters, which is a good way to go. What are the 10 ideas that you want to get across? So start thinking about that. And again, capturing these ideas in not full sentences, not something that has, that is ready to go to a publisher, but just get the basics down. From there, you can start to, to create, to fill in the hole. So once I know kind of what I want to say, then I sit down and the most important, I think I tell people is make this a habit, just like yeah. you're exercising, just like you're, you know, you're doing um, something else. If you have a hobby, whether you're playing golf, which I guess you can't do now, or a musical instrument or playing a sport, whatever, um, you set a time and you do it on a regular basis. And it can be 10 minutes a day to start. Maybe it's a half hour, but put it in your calendar and say from nine to nine thirty, this is what I'm going to do. If you're better at night from seven to seven thirty, if you want to do it while you're out walking and you, you want to capture it into um, again into audio, that's great, too. But make this a habit and just get things down there and don't think that this is a big thing you have to do all at once. Yeah, don't overthink it. I don't think people overthink. overthink it and they spend too much time and you, you're 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 outlining exactly how I do it with Jim. We think of what our topic or what the book's going to be, where we think we want to go with it. And by the way, I've got my next three or four books already outlined in, in at least in my head, you know, and then I sit down with Jim. We, we kind of throw things out of what we think those 10 chapters might look like, right? Or 11, 12, whatever. It doesn't have to be whatever you want it to be. And then we start filling it in. And then I start adding the stories and the stories start bringing other things that we go, oh, that doesn't belong there. It belongs here. And we move them around. And, and what you find is that new concepts and new things come from that process, which is awesome. And, there, you know, I think there's a book in everybody. I think there's more than one book if you really want to look. I mean, some of them might not even get colored yet. There you go. <laughs> but there's always some good stuff. And I think that's what you have to do. And you have to be diligent about it. And don't forget, just because you write the book doesn't mean you're done. Right. Just that's because it gets published doesn't mean done. That just means that's when it begins. Now you got to get it out there. You got to become this media company. Tell me about when we got a minute left here, but tell me about your new book, Marketing Above the Noise, Achieve Strategic Advantage with Marketing That Matters. You know, what prompted you to write that book? Well, I wanted to write that because I kept hearing that, you know, marketing is so different. Nothing's, you know, nothing's the same as it ever was. And, uh, you know, we, we just can't do marketing the way we did it before. And I said, you know what? Um, there are some things about marketing that are basic that have not changed in 10,000 years. Um, right. you know, back when we had a, a, a town square and people came, you had chickens and you brought eggs and I had you know, I have wheat and I brought that and someone else had cows and milk. And we sat and we exchanged things. 
That was a market. And that's that, yeah. those ideas. You had to have the right product at the right price, at the right package, and be in the right place with the right customers. All those things are the same. So we under, those basics haven't changed, but what's changed is how we deliver them in today's world. So we're yes. now in this global world. We're now in a virtual world. We're now in an ability to reach people around the world, and we're not going to do it in the old-fashioned way. So we need to be able to combine the basics of marketing that haven't changed and overlay that on top of the world that we live in today and say, okay, how do we do this? Where do we use social media? Where do we use various types of tools? How do we make this stuff happen? And combining that together, those are the organizations that are successful. Well, I love it. I love you, Linda. Thanks so much for joining us. She's uh, Linda Popke, the president of Leverage to Market Associates. And we're talking about, you know, writing a book. We're talking about getting and rising above the noise. And she's an expert at it. So check her out. Make sure you go out and get her book, Marketing Above the Noise, Achieve Strategic Advantage with Marketing That Matters. Linda, thanks for joining us right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. My pleasure, Jeff. Take care. The end of the show, I like to talk about what I learned. I'm telling you, it's it's it just jumps out at you, my friends. The opportunities are there for you. Be a media company. Be a media company. You want to write a book? Come on, come talk to us. Come get it out. Get it over. Get it. Get in one a podcast. Be a media company. That's how you're going to rise above the noise by getting your message out to the people that mean the most to you. That's your audience. That's your tribe. Those are your customers. Those are the people that love you the most. Why don't you turn them into raving fans and into your own tribe and monetize that tribe and then have them go out and do it. That's what it's called. Friend marketing, rise above the noise. That's what you're going to be able to learn. That's what I learned today on all business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Don't forget, Hey, help me expand my tribe, my friends, and uh, introduce them to this show and to C-suite radio. I would appreciate that very much. Thanks for joining me. This has been Jeffrey Hazlett with all business on C-suite radio. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.